Hello friends, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. I am so grateful to have you for another episode. Can't believe we are at episode 79 now. Nicole and I talk about on this episode today, uh, a little bit about sobriety. Um, and she really inspired me after our discovery call. And I did five weeks sober. Uh, and the clarity that came to me during those five weeks, um, it was like, you know, the last time that I smoked weed after our call, I had this, this really powerful realization that was like, you know, it's cute to be fucked up when you're an early 20 something and like forgetful and ditzy and like, I'm not really sure cute is the right word, but like acceptable. Um, but a little bit of a personal story tangent here. Um, my uncle and his girlfriend of like 30 years have for the last two years been caring for my grandmother and my uncle and his girlfriend are stoners and for much of my life I saw him as the possibility of a functioning addict a functioning stoner and there were a few other adults in my life who I could look to um, you know, outside of the family that smoked either occasionally or regularly. And to me, it always said, look at them, do it. It's fine. But now that my uncle and his girlfriend are responsible for my grandmother, responsible for her health and well-being, for, you know, her money management, for her taking her medication on time, they were dropping the ball. And so I had this realization literally the morning after the last time that I smoked pot a couple days before this was recorded. You know, it's, it's cute to be forgetful or ditzy or stupid in your early 20s. And then at what point is it like not cute anymore? And I just had realized how many things I was forgetting about how many conversations I wasn't all the way present for, how many like really clear instructions in my life, like really clear goals I had in my life and with school and, you know, with maintaining the household and, and, and being a better partner and a better daughter and a better friend. And the conversation with Nicole, our discovery call really just, you know, brought that to light for me. And then I think sometime in February or March, uh, I had a conversation with you guys here about how the movie American Psycho impacted me and how in the movie Tom Cruise, is it Tom Cruise? Just kidding, Christian Bale. How he has this like side chick girlfriend in the movie, Courtney. Uh, and the entire movie, Courtney is fucked up. Um, and I had this like very Im impassioned response, this this very fiery response to this movie. And I was like, Joey, I hate this movie. I can't even watch it. Like it makes me so angry the way that like none of these mental health concerns are being addressed and everything is just normal society and normal life. And like, it was just such a reflection of real life and you know, upon looking back i i i understood that about the movie and so often media is 
you know, and movies and entertainment are built to be a reflection of our real life and to make us think. Um, but so anyway, I did five and a half weeks sober. Um, I went to a micro wedding and celebrated love and celebrated seeing eight friends in one safe outdoor setting for the first time in over a year. Um, and so, you know, I chose to be able to drink and smoke on that weekend and, and that's okay too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm beginning kind of a sober curious journey. Uh, but I just wanted to share that with you. Like Nicole and I talk about in this episode, the repeating the same patterns over and over again, and just getting to choose to be focused and present and, getting to relax and unwind and getting to be social the way that you choose. And Nicole mentions something called esteemable acts and how acting in a way that you're proud of really leads to such a confidence and such a different way of life. Um, so I'm so proud of this episode. I am so grateful for this conversation with Nicole. Um, I'm so grateful for you guys being here as always. Thank you so much. Um, if you love this episode, be sure to share it with your friends and family, share it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Liz without a pillow and Nicole at the Nicole Villani and her handle will be in the show notes. I love you guys so much. Love you to the moon and back. Thanks again, as always. I'll see you soon. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Edge of Fear podcast, hosted by Liz Basil Lewison at Liz Without a Pillow. Each week, I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I am your host. I've got a super fun guest here today, Nicole. Nicole, you want to tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. My name is Nicole. I'm a mindset and manifestation coach, and I empower high achievers who are feeling stuck in a cycle of overwhelm, stress, all of that kind of stuff, finally free themselves, expand what's possible in their life and gain absolute clarity so that they can powerfully align with their goals, their desires and dreams. And I show them how to go and get it. Amazing. So uh, last season, I did a whole thing on women's empowerment. So you are totally my people. And I can't wait to get into a little bit more about what you do for our millennial women. Um, uh, and, you know, getting out of our, our heads and, you know, into our body and into our hearts and getting more aligned, um, you know, with what, what it is that we want and our desires. Um, you know, and it's interesting since we had our discovery call a couple of weeks ago, I have felt like so aligned with this conversation that I wanted to have with you. I feel like, um, it has ended up becoming part of a conversation I've had with my therapist, with my fiance, with my friends, um, and something that I've been like journaling about it. It just, it's like coming into my brain so much. Um, so I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, and I also wanted to let you know, cause you mentioned on our discovery call, um, that you have been sober for, I think you said two years. Yes. So yeah. it's a little, a little over two years now, I would say that is 
Definitely one of the things that I struggled with the most in my life was just needing to escape these thoughts in my head because they would come in rapid succession and I had a proclivity towards negative thinking and anything to kind of turn down to escape to numb what was coming up is you know very much how I used alcohol and drugs to to kind of quiet the mind and it worked until it didn't and I tried to manage it because it's like how do you be a 30 something in this world and not be able to partake in celebrations with alcohol you know when it's so widely kind of accepted as this means for celebration and this thing to do really, right? Um, and having to like really learn and navigate who I was without it was the most powerful step I ever took towards my self-empowerment, my self-knowledge. And all of the work that I had put in prior to it kind of, I think, opened my consciousness and my awareness to understand that this Thing was really holding me back from everything that I wanted and dreamed of. And at that point, I was willing to let it go. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah, you've, I, I wanted to let you know that you've just like kind of opened my mind to it. Not to say that I am, you know, on a sober journey now or to say that it was something that I'd never thought about because I think both of those are true. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I literally, I've been like one week off pot. <laughs> yeah. So like, I wouldn't say that I'm like necessarily beginning my journey. Um, but I was having these thoughts about like how just forgetful I had been and how, it, I, it was just an excuse, you know, it was like yeah. a, an excuse that I used, like, oh, I'm stoned, but also, um, you know, like, I didn't want to deal with those emotions. And the clarity that I've gotten after only a week um, is like, oh, my God, I was avoiding all of these feelings and all of these things. Um, so it is definitely something that I, I am excited to talk with you about today um, and kind of, I guess, like how it has impacted your work and if it comes up for you in your conversations with women, uh, et cetera. So kind of however you want to tie that in, I'm, I'm excited to hear about it in some capacity today. Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I'm so excited for your journey. I was a marijuana smoker also. I <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved it. But it was, you know, I really did feel like it was just fogging my brain and it was putting a veil over everything that I did and kind of a barrier between me and everything else. So it was a way for me to keep things, people, places at arm's distance. And I think I used it as a way of like self-protection almost, you know, I could like hide in this like little bubble and not really care to let people in. And it's definitely, um, that, that was harder for me to give up than the alcohol actually, because I really didn't 
enjoy the after effects of drinking anymore. The hangovers had been become like way too long and um, too much to deal with. And I noticed how that was really keeping me unproductive and all of that kind of stuff. But the weed was a little bit harder for me to give up because I didn't really see the impact of it until I removed it. And it allows me to wake up feeling fresh every day, right? I'm now clear on how I feel all of the time, which means I have a gamut of emotions to pick from, (laughs) but things are never boring, right? And I was always worried that like, maybe I would never be able to relax and I'd never be able to unwind. And I just found that those things didn't really help me do that at all. So I found other ways to kind of self-soothe and understand who I am. And I'm much more focused and present with people. Um, When I have conversations with them, I'm able to pay attention for longer and more motivated. So yeah, it's definitely impacted me in a positive way. And I don't think that I would have ever had the confidence to leap out of a six-figure job into my own business had I leaned on those substances. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about that, I guess. Um, what do you mean by that? Having the confidence to leave this very secure position um, and what that kind of looked like for you? Uh, do you mean like, because you were able to take out, you know, alcohol and pot and these social lubricants um, that gave you the clarity in yourself, the confidence in yourself? Absolutely. And it's also, I started acting in a way that I was proud of. So like building kind of what we call esteemable acts. So I was no longer self-sabotaging and I was really able to stand in what I was worth you know, because I was no longer in that kind of shame spiral because also what would happen after I drank or after I smoked, like not, not so much after I smoked, but definitely after (laughs) I drank, I would, um, wake up the next morning with a tremendous amount of guilt and anxiety and shame. And even if I didn't do anything bad the night before, like I would still wake up with these feelings. It would really heighten them so incredibly much that I would just feel like, you know, less than, not good enough. And repeating that cycle over and over again makes you start to believe that that is true. So when I removed that, I no longer was repeating the cycle of guilt, anxiety, shame. And I was really able to understand for the first time 
who I am without these things. And I always was like, oh, I have social anxiety. That's why I drink. I, I need this to connect to people. I need this to feel comfortable in my own skin. And what I found was that was absolutely not true. It took a while to, um, to kind of understand how to operate without it, how to be without it, how to have conversations without it again. But I had way deeper conversations than I ever had with it, you know, and I was able to remember them and I was able to follow up with people in the next day. And I was able to, you know, be like, hey, I'm thinking about you instead of thinking about myself all of the time. And um, that allowed me, you know, building upon that, that gave me the confidence to really understand that my job was not my purpose anymore. And because I let go of so many other toxic things in my life that I really needed to forge my own path. And I became passionate about helping others kind of forge their own paths and get out of the cycle of feeling stuck because I felt that way for a really long time. And now sometimes I work with people um, with alcohol and stuff like that if they're curious about it, but I never push that agenda on anybody. It's only if they come to me with it. Right. Yeah. Because I think, I think people are very, um, like either sober curious mm -hmm. or sober or like totally opposed to it. There's like yeah. a soft middle ground. I think, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel in the realm of possibility. If you even have a glass of wine once a week, it feels like I need this glass of wine. This is my reprieve, you know, yes. this is my escape. Um, and so I, I do get that. And it's interesting. A lot of what you said is bringing up for me. Um, I, I was in uh, the military for six years. I was in the army reserves. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did a tour in Kuwait um, back in 20. 15, 16. And so it was a year of sobriety. I actually was 14 months of no pot, which was really, it really is my vice. Um, I am the same as you where I have for so long already not liked alcohol and I only drink alcohol like at parties or because everyone is like pushing it on you. And it's, it sounds so silly to say it, you know, like, you know, I only give into peer pressure at parties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but like what you're saying about having to learn, you know, to get comfortable in conversations, being sober um, and remembering the conversations and being able to follow up with people and being able to see what you're passionate about and remember the conversations and think about people and not just yourself. Like those are all things that I really encountered in that year. And I attribute so much of this journey for me starting the podcast um and right before i started this podcast i traveled um alone for six months in europe um which you know really led to the podcast i attribute all of that to my year overseas you know with all my army friends but being away from my at the at the time it was a, a three and a half year relationship and then we did a year long distance and then another year while i was um after i got home but I got clear on 
the realities of, of that relationship. I got clear on what it was that I wanted and needed and wasn't saying. Um, and none of that would have happened without that year. Um, and without that year of sobriety at the end of the day, like that was, that was, that had a huge impact on me stepping into myself. Um, and so I do absolutely understand the apprehension with people either wanting to talk about it or not wanting to talk about it at all, um, or, you know, step into that at all and even just give it a try. Um, but I also really see the power in, in figuring out about yourself by stepping away from your vices and by stepping away from, you know, those things that we use to numb. Yeah, absolutely. That's so beautiful. And what a gift, right? That you were able to gain this clarity and kind of understand yourself at a whole nother level. And it doesn't, you know, there are different levels to it, right? Like there, there's sober curious, there's also real addiction and like addiction means that, you know, you it's progressive and you can't really go back to those things and expect good things to happen. But with the sober curious journey, it's like, you can take it, you can leave it and be able to, you know, take breaks when you want. And if you're, you know, lacking clarity where you are like that, just by removing those substances will give you the most clarity and steps forward that you'll ever need really. And it's, you know, you talk about like the peer pressure at parties. Yeah. I get it. People are always like, what, you're not drinking? Why? And either it's you're pregnant, you're sick, you're crazy, you know, and it's yeah. just like, it doesn't work for my body. And I don't like it anymore. Right? Like, I'm on a health journey. It's, um, there are so many ways that you can answer. But what I have noticed is that the people who push back the most are the people who, um, usually have kind of this conversation in their head of like, do I really like this? Does this serve me? This might be a problem in my life. Like they're usually the ones that have this um, relationship with alcohol that might not be the best relationship. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's where we get all these cliches, right? Like nobody wants to drink alone. It's five o'clock somewhere. Like, mm -hmm. because it, it's so very socially acceptable. Um, and yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of pushback, like by we as a society, we as a whole, um, like how can we deal with the problems of everyday life and, and our failing systems and failing functions mm -hmm. if we don't have, you know, a drink to loosen up at the end of the week, um, you know, on, or on a Tuesday. Um, so I, I do, I, I get it and I empathize, um, you know, with, with every stage of the journey and mm -hmm. most especially, I mean, maybe with addiction, because I guess, when this started less the sobriety, but um, more the like spiritual, mental health, awareness, wellness, all of that. When, when this journey started to become really real for me, 
I started reading about um, like the 12 step program, but more mm-hmm. because of the forgiveness aspect and the acceptance mm-hmm. aspect. I was really interested. Um, Russell Brand talks a lot about it. He wrote the book Recovery um, and Mentor. And, you know, I was as um, as a podcast host, I was becoming more and more interested in um, like gaining mentors and becoming a mentor. And it was all very interesting to me, you know, this this light of acceptance and forgiving yourself and, and being a teacher while still learning yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was really beautiful for me. And I think, I don't know, I guess, I guess recognizing, seeing yourself in other people, mm-hmm. um, it, it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting to see yourself in other people when you see their toxic traits and when you see, um, you know, that they are struggling to put down the bottle or put down the joint or whatever. And and we just use it as such a crutch. Um, but how beautiful it is when, when we have that clarity um, and when we have a moment to really sit with what we're avoiding by using, you know, these substances. Um, and, and what a beautiful place it would be if, I guess, if more of us, myself included, um, were able to put the substance down more often and get more clear on our purpose and, and step into, like what you said, like serving others and, and being a teacher um, and, and really leading in, in the places that we're most passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing is, this, you know, it disconnects you. And the opposite of, of using these things is connection, connection to yourself, connection to a higher power, whether it's you believe in God, universe, something bigger than yourself that is there kind of watching over everything and then connection to community too, right? Like we're not meant to kind of live alone away from others and we've kind of gotten away from that over time like we're meant to be in tribes and community and helping each other and um the sense of community is something that i have gotten um by putting those substances down. And I, I think, yeah, you know, there, the liquor stores were all open during the pandemic. Right. So it's like, here's, here's a wet, nothing else is open, but here's a way for you guys to cope with what's right. Happening. You can't go to the gym. You can't go to the yoga studio. You can't, you know, take an art class, but all the liquor stores are open. Yeah. And it just seems to me so crazy. It's like, are you setting people up for success or are you setting them up for failure? Are you setting them up to like have a real problem coming out of this? And that's where like the mental health and all of it comes in because it's like, if we're clutching onto this thing that can have very terrible side like side effects and it perpetuates anxiety like what is going to happen when we lean on it so heavily during a time of severe stress right what happens to kind of our insides how we think about ourselves all of the fears it only heightens those things like yes it numbs and puts a veil over it but like I I think 
in the long run, it makes things worse if used in a way where you're kind of abusing it. Yeah, I mean, you become so disconnected from yourself, from your partners, from your family. You feel like you don't know anyone. You feel very alone. I mean, the Sunday scaries, like you were saying, like oh, having my God. having that that you know shame spiral the next day and that vulnerability hangover, whether or not you said or did anything. I mean, that's like a regular conversation in my household. Joey will be like, "Did did I say something last night?" You know, when we're like with friends and like, or it's me. But like, I I've I've not liked alcohol for a really long time. Like, I can remember it in college. I mean, and I continue to. I would have like stints of like six to nine months of like blacking out every time I drank, mm -hmm. like through college, after college, a couple times, um, you know, each time I moved to a new city, it was like four months of blacking out before I like got really gathered my bearings there. Um, and I can just, I can remember in college when I would drink, cause I, I was like, maybe I have a gluten thing. Cause like when I drink beer, I get really like puffy, mm -hmm. you know? And like, I would just, I was always blaming it on something. And then eventually I want to say like my junior year of college, and I kind of did like six months of no alcohol right before I turned 21 because I had been just kind of like drunk for a really long time. And my tolerance was like high, but also I was blacking out really easy. So it was like a weird combination of things. But I remember that year realizing that alcohol is poison and I am poisoning my body by drinking. And it's like, no wonder I am vomiting in the morning, you know, no wonder my body literally can't hold any of this because it's literally poison. Like, <laughs> and I've, I've kind of always held that belief since then. So, I mean, it's 2021. That was literally 2010. So for 11 years, I've not really liked alcohol and still continued down this path um, where I drink, you know, casually and socially at my leisure whenever I kind of feel like it um, without really liking any of the impacts. But yet it makes me feel disconnect from, you know, all the people around me. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, right there with you. I literally, that was my drinking story. I mean, blackout upon blackout upon blackout. And when I finally, you know, I was, do you know, I think her name is Ruby. I can't remember her last name, but she started like the Sober Curious. She wrote the book on it. I've not heard of her, but I'm, I'm interested. Um, and I remember getting an email randomly. This was like at the end of it. I was like at my friend's wedding and I was like, why am I even doing this? I don't like this anymore. And I remember getting this random email about this sober curious retreat up in the Berkshires. And I'm like, I'm going to go on this because this, I don't even like this anymore, but yet, like, I can't say no to it. And um this is crazy to me like I don't even know how to tell people I'm not drinking anymore you know so that's kind of like how I started my journey that is where I found all of those connections and I've learned so much about myself and um it's just, you know, I mentioned that because you said the word poison and that's exactly what she said to me. She's like, I realized 
alcohol is poison. And I was like, yes. And now I feel that way too. And I'm like, I've been poisoning myself for years. Like that is insane to me. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So let's shift gears a little bit. Yeah. And let's get talking about how you, um, you know, navigate, I guess, dating as a mindset embodiment coach and also, you know, being a sober woman. Yeah. So relationships has has always been something that I have struggled with, but it's A, because I didn't know who I was. B, it's because I didn't know what I was worth, you know? And so, and then I'd also make the same mistakes over and over again, whether it was like sleeping with somebody too soon or, you know, all of those things. And I was just self-sabotaging over and over and I got so sick of it. So part of the, you know, um, my sober journey was really because I had to take a look at those behaviors, right? And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I wouldn't do it if I wasn't drinking. <laughs> that seems to be a problem to me, right? And, you know, dating at first was really difficult and uh, awkward. And I was just like, oh, like, I don't even want to be out to dinner with this person. Like we don't even have any sort of connection, you know, like at least with that social lubricant, right? Like you're like, Oh, like it loosens you up. You're like, maybe I can like him, and, <laughs> you know? And you're just like, okay, this is not so terrible. Like maybe we have stuff to talk about. And now it's just, you're so clear on, mm, no, I absolutely do not like this person. I do not want him to touch me. And like, <laughs> and the date should probably end now but um so that was really hard getting used to you know and um I find a lot of people are really like interested in what I do you know as a profession now and in my business because I think we are all in this pause right of self-reflection and learning how to, you know, have a more positive mindset, how to be more empowered, how to navigate through this world with a little bit more ease. Like people are definitely attracted to that. Um, I've gained much more clarity on people that I was choosing, they were the same person, you know, that I've had to really unravel some trauma that happened in my past that told me I didn't deserve anything better. And, um, you know, it's been a, a hard journey, but it's been a beautiful one. And I think that every relationship that I've had, you know, whether short term or long term has always taught me something. And I believe that they're always kind of preparing you to welcome in your partner if you don't have one. And me right now, I am single, but like, I know my person is out there. I know that I'm going to meet them. I know it's just a matter of time, right? And like, I get to see what works for me and what doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, um, how you said, 
uh, you know, people are really interested in what you're doing, this line of work, and people seem like attracted to that. Um, and I remember reading over the summer, um, I did a, a love yourself challenge based on the tenants from the book by Kamal Ravi Khan, love yourself like your life depends on it. And he has this quote um, that I'm going to butcher, but in the book, he says, uh, you know, when you love yourself, everyone around you like wants a piece of you basically. And it's this this thing about like growing into who you're meant to be and this about like loving yourself and knowing your worth and and knowing that you deserve the world and like you have the ability to get there once you get out of your own way um everybody wants a piece of that because they you know, they see your potential and they're like, how do I hop on this wagon? You know, how do I hop on this train with her? Like, I want some of that love. Um, and when I like first got back from my first uh, three months of solo traveling, uh, that was like when I started the blog that eventually led to the podcast. Um, something that I kept saying was because I had just gotten back from like a backpacking trip. I was like using that as my metaphor. And I was like, I have this giant backpack and it's just filled to the brim with love. And I need to just like give everybody some of this love. And it was like infectious, right? Like when you're joyful and like standing in your purpose and like, like aligns with your meaning, like you have all of this love to give. Yeah, and like people want it. <laughs> absolutely. People want it. People flock to it because it's like, how do I get some of that? And it's, you know, the self-love journey. It didn't start off that way. It started off as how do I manifest a boyfriend? <laughs> and I don't ever <laughs> talk about this. I, it's something that I've just started talking about it because it's something that people are really interested in learning about. You know, it's a part of life, right? But I, yeah, how do I manifest a boyfriend, right? Because mm -hmm. I had all these troubles and I was like meeting all these jerks and it was all of them. There were no good guys out there. Like I had a terrible, mindset when it came to dating and um the men out there right and I really um you know turned that on its head but instead of finding a boyfriend like I found myself and I became whole and complete on my own and you know I really do love who I've become and I never thought that I would ever say that you know so it's just um it feels really good. It feels like a good place to be. And I'm happy where I am, which is so crazy because like, I never thought that would be possible without a partner. Yeah. And I mean, I, I really deeply believe uh, my fiance and I have been together for a year and a half. And I, I literally say that I manifested him um, while I was traveling. I wrote down like a list of all of the things that were really important to me in, in, in my own life and like what I dreamed for my next partner. And about a year and a half earlier, um, one of my best friends had like I just I was just freshly out of a relationship. And my girlfriend was like, you need to write down a list of all the things that you want in your next partner and do not like, do not 
like skimp on any of them. They all have to be in your next partner. She's like, cause this is bullshit. You keep choosing the same guy over and over again. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm not ready to write that list. And then I like found myself and I swear to God, I like manifested Joey. Um, but like you, you don't, you don't know what you deserve until you really find yourself. And like what you said, like you, you found yourself and you're whole and complete on your own now. And like you change that mindset. And when you start to do that work, like it really is incredible what like the universe provides for you. So I'm, I'm excited for you. You will find that person. I, I really believe that everybody has a person. And I also simultaneously believe that once you do the work, there are millions of people then Mm -hmm. that fit what you need, you know, that would fulfill that need for you. Because also like when you are doing the work, like your partner sees that and you can lead by example. And even if they're not necessarily ready to do that trauma work and to do all, you know, to put in the time and, and the work and the effort that is needed to, to do all of that, they see you doing it and, and you are inspiring in that way, you know? Absolutely. It's attraction, not promotion. You know, you can't force anybody to do it, but you inspire people to be better. Right. And that's so beautiful that you manifested your fiance. I love that. Yeah. He, he checks all the boxes for me. We have our moments for sure, but like he's, you know, what was important to me that I never realized until I started to get clear and until I like really found myself and, and, and started to, you know, find my purpose. I didn't even know that what he is was important to me. You know, I, I didn't know he's so not like any of the other guys I ever dated before. And like what you said, they were all the same person, you know, Mm -hmm. with a different Mm -hmm. mask on. (laughs) yeah and you're like oh it's you again great (laughs) I thought it was somebody different (laughs) welcome back give me my key and exit please (laughs) exactly exactly so funny um okay well this was awesome I'm really excited we got to talk about this isn't like at all what we said we were going to talk about I thought I was going to learn a little bit more about what you do but I think that this really gives I think when you have these you know real conversations where you it's very unscripted I think people get that window into what you do and into who you are and I think that we're you know kind of turning the corner as a society on caring less about specifically what your marketing tactics are and more of like who you are as a brand and like who you are as a person. And like, I don't know, I, I feel like I, I give business to people that I agree with and, and side with. And I think, you know, this last year has kind of opened people's eyes on that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was so fun. Absolutely. This was so fun. It was such a pleasure talking to you. I could talk to you for hours. (laughs) I feel that way too. We should do this again. Yeah, I would love that. All right. Uh, Nicole, where can everybody find you? Everybody can find me on Instagram. I am very active. My um, handle is the Nicole Villani. All right. And that will be in the show notes. Um, Do you have any final words for anybody? Oh, I would just say move towards your joy. That's where you're going to find your freedom. I love it. All right, Nicole, thank you so much. Good luck on your journey and I will be in touch with you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. 
Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find me on Instagram at Liz Without a Pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story, and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.